Are you ready? Starting now? <laughs> well, now you just messed it up, you knob. God, you know that the shit that we go through for this, huh? I know. <laughs> fuckers, fuckers better appreciate it. When we started, we were just like, yeah, we're just going to do this, man. You know, shoot our wad into the wind and see what happens. <laughs> What's right. the title of this uh, podcast again? I don't know. Objects, I don't know. Something with a penis, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> our fucking faces are everywhere now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but You're but welcome, ladies. <laughs> right. Popular with the ladies. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm not even going to apologize because I hopefully, hopefully it sounds <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, really? really, this is this is fucking explicit now. <laughs> ah, the explicit button. Let me use my finger. <sighs> la, 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 la. It is time for another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And that episode starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And you know what, Mike? This is the uh, beginning of season three. (laughs) I know. And wait, are you ready for all the changes we're going to have tonight? Yeah, I'm ready because there aren't going to be any. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the joke. Yes, uh, the, all we did is make it easy. After you know, basically every six months now, we're splitting it into a season. But no, we're not going to make any changes. Uh, we if we make changes, they're usually whatever we feel like it. So, right. <laughs> but um, more importantly than all that garbage, is we do have a guest tonight. We have Sonia, and uh, Sonia, go ahead and introduce yourself real quick, if you could. Sure. Hi guys, I'm Sonia, and I'm the founder of Everbloom. All right. Quick. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's okay. You know, and and I've been uh, you know posting the promos and stuff all week. So you know, we've been posting your background and you know, obviously the company and all those sort of things. And obviously, I know you're going to get into that. But uh, and you know, once again, if you you mentioned that you listen to us here and there, we don't really have a, a structured type of thing. We got a, I guess, a minor, you know, kind of plan on what we'd like to do. But um, you know, just basically, I'll let Mike. You want to introduce her to what our, and I'm going to say it, quote unquote, format is for for story. <laughs> yeah, basically, you know, just tell a little bit about yourself, where you came from, all that stuff. Um, you know, we we don't like drunk logs. We know how to get yeah. fucked up. We know yeah. how to ruin our lives. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we're interested in the solution. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So and, and obviously, obviously, we want to hear about your company too. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. take take whatever whatever time you want in the beginning. Tell us about you know where you came from up up from then until now, and then uh, you know, obviously, we want to talk about your company and what you do. And you know, the the whole point is getting to getting to be able to promote you and, and what you're doing for the for the community now too. So, and everyone, you're going to hear the dogs are crazy tonight. So, and again, anyone who's listened to us for a little bit, there's usually three in the house, sometimes four. Tonight is a is a night of four. So, um, yeah, they were just going it's a four crazy. dog night. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that a band? No, <laughs> it was only three. <laughs> no, I know, I know. They they added the fourth one that nobody knew, right? But yeah, right. so if anyone anyone hears the dogs in the background, eh, too fucking bad. Oh, Sonia, you said that yeah. I saw one of your posts that you said finally you get to swear or something like that. Was that right? Yeah, I, I always have to like censor myself, and I, yeah, <laughs> I'm really I'm really excited. 
Okay, so that's one of the lovely things about podcasts. We can say whatever <laughs> the fuck we want. Yeah, and and the thing of it is, from the start, we decided that we were going to say whatever the fuck we wanted to, and it's it's always listed as explicit. And uh, oh, other thing too, if um, if you're not aware, we don't edit any of this. I cut off the dead air in the front. I cut off the dead air in the back. Um, everything that everything that we say is ended up on the recording. We do it because we think it's a little bit more original. Um, sincere, you know, rather than cutting bits and pieces out, we just, we want to, everyone to hear everything that we're spitting out of our heads. So. Awesome. Cool. All right. Including you're up. the mistakes. Yeah. And the mistakes are the most fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So sorry about that. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can start. <laughs> oh, just tell you a little bit about myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. Um, I'm Canadian. I was born in Toronto. I moved to Boston when I was 20 and I stayed. I was there for school and uh, my parents are Indian immigrants. So I grew up around a lot of drinking, but women in my culture don't drink. So it's just the men. They binge drink on the weekends and like dramatic consequences like DUIs. They're always getting into fights and, you know, ending up in jail. But um, so when I started drinking, I thought that's the only standard I knew. And I was like, okay, if I'm not acting like them, then I'm okay, right? So I think right. that's where I really got the idea of like, like these were some low-functioning guys, right? And so I thought, I'm high-functioning. I There's no way that's a problem. Um, looking okay physically, not getting arrested. So those were like, okay, like those were the markers of high-function. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I grew up, um, I had a lot of insecurity. I was like an Indian kid living in a predominantly white neighborhood, white school. And um, my parents moved in the 60s to Canada. So they were really committed to assimilating. And so like, no matter how hard I tried, though, I just couldn't fit in. Like I was tiny, I had this braid down my back. I didn't understand sports. Like we didn't watch sports at home. Um, (laughs) And so I had no, you know, no connection to any culture, right? So my parents weren't, we weren't practicing our culture. And then I didn't have any attachment to this sort of like white culture that I was like immersed in. So yeah, I think I just had that feeling of like otherness for a really long time. And then the first time I drank, I was probably 15 and it was like oh i get it I'm okay now. It's like, thank god it was like all the anxiety and the discomfort it just like went away and enough to be like the little brown girl and it just like i i, I imagine you guys felt this too it just made my personality really fluid right it, it like let me be a yeah i became like a mimic like i could adapt to different groups right and i think that's sort of why we do it some of us mm-hmm yeah, and so I went to like a really formal Canadian university. And so there were like pre-dinner sherry receptions with academics and after-dinner port receptions and like champagne <laughs> on the dais. And I was like, what's a dais? But as soon as I started drinking, I was like, I know what a dais is. And I was like comfortable talking to like academics. And so, yeah, it was just like a level of sophistication I was so uncomfortable in. But when I drank, it was like, ah, I can do this. I think I think now they call it like code switching. I'm a like a prolific code switcher. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that's how I just I moved like that through the world for a while. Um, I was in school for a really long time. So it kind of like 
really changed the frequency of my drinking. So I was really a binge drinker um, until I started working full time and I started a business. And that's when I could drink at night, like every day when I got home. Um, and so I was working on this business and it was like exploding. I was working like, you know, six, seven days a week, 12, 14, 16 hours a day. And I don't know, it was like around, it was like 2010. It was like, oh, founders work really hard. Like Elon Musk is sleeping in his office. Like the Twitter guy eats one meal a day. And so I was like, great, I'm going to do this. Like really mm -hmm. work hard, play hard. And so I don't know, it's just this like theme, right? Of like the work hard, play hard, like high functioning, like this kind of like, if things are looking good, things are good. Um, right. But I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't even go a day without drinking for like a decade. And uh, I mm -hmm. tried, I'd wake up every morning and be like, I'm not going to drink today. Mm -hmm. And I would drink and the better the business did, the more I drank and my mental health was spiraling. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think, and so that gets to like another thing, right? Like, I think I had like pretty severe imposter syndrome. And so I was just so scared all the time that it was going to go away. And so um, I had a friend, I remember I spiraled so hard after this. I had a friend who was like, wow, you're getting so big now that like, you know, if you got sued, it would be like a class, like some class action shit. Mm. And I was like, thanks. How? Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> Class action. I was like, what is that? What do you even, what? what? And so I remember like not sleeping that night and like <laughs> drinking and just being like, oh my God, like just like twitchy. And so, yeah, it, it went on like that until, I don't know, it's like a miracle. Like I was looking for some like executive level help and I called a headhunter. And he was just like, have you ever considered selling? I have a group that's looking for exactly what you built. And I was like, I didn't even know I built something that I had been so focused. I didn't even realize it was like I had scaled it to a point where I could sell it. And so, yeah, I couldn't turn down the offer. It was like the greatest thing that ever happened. But I knew like I was like staring down the barrel of a gun. If like if I sold this business and didn't have that like identity and didn't have that like work hard play hard like what time of the day would i start drinking mm -hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> and so i was like i gotta do something so it was a pretty long like due diligence period where they were like you know doing offers and looking at the company and then finally we sold it and then within um within a few months i got sober and so mm -hmm. i just like white knuckle like did it and like just I didn't really have like a pathway but like it turns out my pathway was sort of like do all the things you ever wanted to do and so I did them like I went to school for coding and like photography and jewelry making <laughs> and <laughs> I took like, writing classes and I just did all the things I got healthy started like journaling and um things were amazing I was like volunteering um so it really changed my life. I started volunteering with the incarcerated and formerly incarcerated teaching entrepreneurship training through a nonprofit. Mm. And it was amazing because I had never really said out loud to anyone that I was an alcoholic or an addict and I could share my story with them. And it was like, this is what I, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I'm supposed to be telling people that I was one bad night away from being where they are, right? right? Right. And and so yeah, it was great. I was um yeah, I wasn't hiding it anymore. And I was like, yeah, get oh. involved in different like social impact organizations. Um and yeah, it was it was great. And then 
it all came crashing down. I can tell you about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Please do. Yes, I'm please on the do. edge of yeah. my seat. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. And uh, and next time we're gonna we're gonna yeah. find out what happened. <laughs> so like the yeah the cliffhanger of an episode. No, tell us. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So um. Yeah. I didn't feel that pressure anymore to succeed. I was like financially. I was like, this is you know, I'm settled. I'm happy. Like I achieved what I wanted to achieve, and. I'm sober and just things just changed, right? Like it just, I only wanted to focus on things I was really passionate about. And so, yeah, I was splitting my time with my husband between New York and um, like a rural place in Pennsylvania. And I was like creating art and like writing about my recovery and my work was getting recognized. And then, uh, yeah, it was good. And, And the one thing I did notice is that not everyone wants you to share about your recovery. And one of those people was my husband. And in his defense, I didn't ask him if it was okay that I was like making art and submitting it to galleries. And like the caption was about like a mental health struggle or about like my anxiety and, you know, essentially like how I drank to like um, to self medicate. And so, and, and looking back, I mean, his lack of interest probably was a good indicator that he was not okay with it mm-hmm. um right but i thought you know i'm happy you know things are great and then after we sold our business he just never got his footing like he just he was still so attached to that idea of like business and like that startup world and he wanted to like make the next billion dollar company and i just like moved on like i just mm-hmm was like I only want to do something if the if the external effect has some positive like social impact and so like I'm not gonna you know I wasn't gonna create the next like like four wick candle company or something like it just (laughs) even if it was gonna do really well or like it just wasn't that wasn't even in my like it wasn't even my thought process anymore and so um he for a few weeks he was like I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what to do. So I got him like a performance coach and um, we talked and he wasn't getting any better. And then he woke up and I guess he figured out what the problem was and it was me. And he woke <laughs> up one day um, and he said, I'm, I'm leaving. And out of nowhere after 18 years, because we were dealing oh, wow. with his like issue together. Like we were, it wasn't, it wasn't an issue between us. It was an issue he was having sort of like my drinking was an issue I was having. Sure. It wasn't it going to break up the marriage. And so, you know, he gave me a couple of reasons on his way out the door. And, um, you know, those are, those will live with me forever. And they were like, you know, you're too introverted. You're too happy with your hobbies and your little nonprofit. And, you know, you're, you're just too happy with too little. He said, Mm. like, that was his Mm. ultimate thing. And I thought, well, well, I, I can, I can be miserable with little, I can be, you know, and I was like, I'll do anything, like, what am I, what, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be miserable with little and like, we'll, we'll just try to get more. And, and I was like, no, he's leaving. And so, I mean, it didn't really occur to me that we had diverged, right. In our, in terms mm-hmm. of our values in that way. And it was like cute, right. Our, my family and my friends were like, oh, you keep him grounded and connected to the real world. And, you know, instead of like this startup, like world where he fit in like a white male dominated world. And, 
you know, keep him from buying like obnoxious, like luxury goods. And so, <laughs> yeah, it was just this cute thing that, that we balanced each other out. And um, yeah, wasn't that cute? And so that morning, I remember the next morning. So I don't know what I did that day. I had no, no clue. I think I cried all day. And then I woke up the next morning and I took my dogs for a walk on the Hudson. And I was like, what, what is the point of staying sober? Like I had that, I woke up with that, you know, I hadn't barely slept, you know, that feeling that like, I oh, only sure. knew, yeah, yeah, I only mm-hmm. knew how to fix it with drugs and alcohol. Right. Like yeah. nothing had been that bad in the last five years, right. That I'd been sober. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to deal with anything mm-hmm. like that. Right. So I thought, yeah, I, I don't know how to, this isn't like, I'm not going to journal this away. I'm not going to, you know, this, I'm not going to like do, there's nothing that can get rid of this. I, I kept thinking there's nothing, I'm not going to deep breathe through this. I'm not going to work out and eat healthy through this. Like this isn't, that's not going to fix this. And right. this is too deep. Right. And so New York's not a great place to question your sobriety, but <laughs> I went back to my apartment that morning and I had heard about a meeting, non 12 step, like community meeting, a friend of mine had told me about, and I logged on to their 8am meeting and it was great. It was like, oh, okay, here are my people, right? Like, I'm feeling better. And there's like 200, 220 people um, on the meeting. And that was fine, right? Like, I wasn't going to say anything that day. And so um, it was just kind of passive. And then I kept going to this 8am meeting, and I kept going, and I kept going. And, and then as time went on, like getting to like the fifth, sixth, seventh week, I thought, Okay, I'm gonna need to talk about this. So uh, you know what I mean, and right. I, I am not going to vent at 200 boxes, and so because that's not what I needed to do. Like I was venting, I could vent to, to my journal, um, and so that's what it seemed like. People were coming on camera and like spewing out like a story, and then like retreating back and turning their camera off, and then it was like, okay, next. Right. Like there was a lineup of people who wanted to share. And so and then even some people would be like they would get on. They'd be like, oh, I've been oh, I was waiting. I've been stressed about this all morning. He's like, I just want to go. I just want to get this over with. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? Like, how is that helpful? (laughs) Like, what do you mean you want to get your share over with? Like, that's not I, I, I just I remember it hit me really strangely. And I thought that's not, I don't think that's what this is supposed to be. I'm not sure, but I don't think so. Mm. And um, I just was like, I, I don't know. I need something different. And I looked around and there wasn't anything. There wasn't um, a place where it was like a small group where I could just share and get feedback. I think what I was really struggling with, with is I needed feedback. I needed advice. I needed someone to tell me I was going to be okay. And I wasn't getting that. And so, I mean, I'm super lucky. I have um, two sister-in-laws who are both married and divorced from my brother. And um, <laughs> and he is an alcoholic. So they understood sort of like the nuances of like, the, like they didn't fully understand that getting through this sober was that big a deal, I think. I don't think, like they understood that what was happening was a big deal, but I don't think they saw it as necessarily as part of like my sober journey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah yeah I had a support system I live in a hamlet in Pennsylvania and there's only 100 people and like they all just were like around and like invited me for dinner and and I have two teenage nieces and they were like 
this is amazing. You're single. It's going to be amazing. And so I had people. I just, something was missing. And and I think it was, yeah, just that idea that you guys don't understand, like me getting through this without drinking is not guaranteed. Right. Like, the, yeah, I, well, I think, I, you know, no matter how much people understand and whatever, nothing <laughs> the big book talks about, you know, one alcoholic talking to another. We we only we can understand what it's like. Normies can love us and try and everything, but it takes another alcoholic to truly understand what we're going through. Yes. Yeah. It's right. like I could talk to like an 18-year-old guy from like Minnesota who has a meth problem and and mm -hmm. we get it. Like yep, I, right. we get it. Or I could talk to like another 44 year old Indian who lives in a hamlet in Pennsylvania and they're not an alcoholic and they don't. Mm -hmm. get it, right. Right. And so, and yeah, you know, it really opened my eyes to that. Like, this isn't a demographic issue. This is a, mm -hmm. yeah, no, you're yeah. So uh, I mean, we say that all the time. I mean, we've had people on who will talk about, well, I'm female, so I'm different. You know, I'm an alcoholic female. So I'm... now an alcoholic and an addict is, a certain thing and it doesn't matter what color or gender or whatever age you are it's that's a certain core thing that you can't get from anybody else yes it's so yeah, and you would uh and you would mention too that uh you know you can't you know like eat healthy to make it go away or exercise or journal mm. and i mean all those things and i know a lot of people that do a lot of positive things like that like mike and i always talk about routines we you mm -hmm. know, we do we each do a certain number of readings in the morning we do prayers and mm -hmm. we do certain things but and there was time during the in both of us have been sober coming up on on 13 years and the beginning time it was um, a lot of meetings and it was lead meetings. So people just telling stories, kind of like what you're talking about, just in person. So we didn't get that that feedback necessarily. But then there'd be a big book meeting or a discussion meeting. And we had guys to talk to and our sponsors, you know, and, and I know Mike and I talked about that plenty of times or certain times. It's like, man, I don't feel like going to a meeting. I'm just going to sit down and read a book. You know, maybe mm -hmm. it's the big book, maybe it's recovery stuff. But there is there's something about getting together with another addict alcoholic another person that's you regardless of who they mm -hmm. are and talking about it and you know seriously the and mike mike mentioned it i talked about it we both talked about it we started this so so we could get together and talk to each other on a weekly basis that mm -hmm. was the point of us doing this podcast um and that was a year ago you know and we've known each other for a long time but both of us were missing something so this was that at that time and i think still is fine it's it mm -hmm. is still it definitely is yeah you know, it's a chance for us to get get on here and shoot the shit. And we get to meet new people, too. But um, everything you said, just I was kind of nodding my head. I'm like, yeah, it's just a, you got to get with your people. You said that, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, do you guys still do you still go to meetings regularly? Like you have a sober community? Definitely sober community. Um, myself, I go to one meeting a week. It's my home group. And, um, you know, because I mean, meetings, meetings are great in the beginning. Um but meetings don't keep you sober. Working the program keeps you sober. I mean, I yeah. there was a point in my life where I was going to meetings all the time, and I was going drunk and high. And, I mean, I shot up in the bathroom meeting one time. Um, yeah. You know, a, a meeting's not going to keep me sober. Um, I have the community now. The only reason I continue to go to my home group is I help run it. I'm a part of that meeting, and I keep the doors open. I'm a part – I'm one of the people that keeps the doors open. And that's what – is important to me now in my sobriety going to a meeting on a Wednesday, just because I 
need to go to, I don't need to go to a meeting. You know, uh, my program works now. I work my program on a daily basis. And a meeting is just, for me, a chance to be of service. That's all it is for me at this point. You know, I don't need, and I've got plenty of people. I've got that support system. I've got tons of people in AA that I can call and talk to and, and do that. You know, I got Bill. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, you know, but so, yes, I am still plugged in. Um, I'm still active in the um, sober house that we went through. Um, But, yeah, you know, meetings are meetings are great. And and they're very important in the beginning to build that foundation. But I think you get to a point where, you know, I mean, I didn't get sober to, to live my life in a church basement. Yeah, <laughs> I got way too much other stuff going on, and I'm grateful for that because I'm sober. <laughs> well, and, and you know when when the pandemic started before that, uh, and I I was in Cleveland. That's where I got sober, and then moved to Wisconsin. I was there for I, I went to a lot of meetings in the beginning, a lot of meetings in Madison, and it scaled down over the years. But I was um, the secretary of a meeting in Wisconsin for probably five years before the the pandemic. And I went to that meeting every week anyhow. But um, once the pandemic started, did the Zoom meetings. And once those dried up is when I started listening to sober podcasts and got a, I actually got on Instagram to meet and connect with more sober people. And then within a month from there is when Mike and I, Mike and I started this, you know, so the really the the last time the only time I go to in-person meetings anymore is when I'm back in Cleveland. And cause it's because the, again, you mentioned the community, mm-hmm. we got such a, such a strong, solid group of people um, in Cleveland. And, and once again, I mean, Mike and I are certainly the closest. Uh, he's the closest to me. And I think vice versa, you know, as mm-hmm. far as our group, you know, but there's 25 people off the top of my head that I could call if I needed something, you know, or needed to talk, you know, so we have that, we have that. And plus it's weird, but Instagram does keep me plugged into this. This, this podcast um, keeps both of us really plugged in. But the other thing too, is that we do all the things we were taught, all the work that we were, that we were told to do and showed how to do. um, We don't miss a beat ever. You know, yeah. um, our, our days are the same. Our, our structure and our routine is the same. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, I can, I could easily, I, I've got, I could take the time, you know, I could go sit in a meeting like Mike says, you know, or said, but you know, I can, I can still, I can work my life and work my day. If I have a problem, I know where to go though. You know, if I ever mm-hmm. get, if I ever get weird and I can't get a hold of somebody, um, I'm going to look up a meeting and I'm going to go. You know, and I, yeah. and it, I don't ever want to get away from, from knowing that that's what I need to do if I feel that way, you know? Right. Right. I mean, that's what this made me realize. Like, I don't, I mean, I think part, one of the reasons we drink too is like, I don't, I don't want to lean on people. I'm not comfortable. It makes me feel like I'm taking too much from them. And so, you know, there's a point I was like, I felt like I was leaning so much on my sister-in-laws, but it's like, this is what it's about. And, and, you know, they'd gone through things and, I had been there for them. And, and they said that they're like, you were there for us. Why won't you let us be there for you? Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, this is what it is. Right. And I can't even tell you like, like those were the only moments I remember in the first couple of months after he left that I was like laughing about something and like happy in those moments of just like, like I'd be crying one second and then they would say something really funny. and be like laughing, but yeah, <laughs> I think everyone needs that. Right. Like everyone needs that that ability to say like, I need help right now. And, and I may not need help like in a, 
in a year. I kind of look at it like a piggy bank. Like what I should have been doing for five years was was creating, you know, some sort of community for myself, a sober community where I was giving back, right? Like I was doing mm-hmm. well. I should have been giving back. I should have been making deposits into this piggy bank. I should have been like, hey, this works really well. This works really well. I journaled about this. I'm, you know, and then when when shit hit the fan, I could make withdrawals from that piggy bank, right? And right. so that's what I'm sort of like trying to create now is, yeah, it just because you're doing well, like hmm. that's not a reason, to, like you, that doesn't mean you don't have to have a community, right? Like right. you still need it because you never know. Right. Well, I mean, the, you know, the old cliche, you got to give it away to keep it. Yeah. Right. Well, and there's, and there's always going to be something in the, you know, Mike, Mike and I, I mean, how, how many times have, uh, you probably lost count, you know, how many times I, I've called you, Mike, and I'm like, I, I can't, this just, this happened. You know, you, mm-hmm. you think like you got, you got all your shit together. And for right. the most part, you know, based on the things that I do, and again, I, I'm not doing all this on my own. It's things that, you know, I've got a, a power greater than myself and people to help me and all those sort of things. But I'm on a path that people have given me to, to walk down. But then something out of the blue just comes up and smacks me in the in the head. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how to deal with this, you know, and mm-hmm. I've never dealt with this uh, sober and I've never had this happen. Yeah. And this will happen, whether it's a, a job thing, a relationship thing, a financial thing. Our mom died in October, you know, right. oh. and that's the the second death that I've gone through. Major death like that sober. Our stepdad died. But I mean. Still, I mean, we knew it was coming. She was ill and all those sort of things. And Mike, Mike called her mom. It's, it's our mom, you know, and we're not, mm-hmm. we're not yeah. brothers, but we are, you know, so um, it's the, the two of us in, in walking through that stuff. And we're still, you know, walking through some of the cleanup from it, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, it, how do you deal? And, and I know how we dealt with it. We talked about it. We talked about it on an episode. We just did exactly what we were told from the mm-hmm. beginning. We didn't change. We leaned on everything we did. We reached out when we needed people. We have family around, you know, um, and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day. There's going to be some shit that's going to fuck me up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But when it, but when it does, here's the thing. Here's the cool part is I know for a fact that I could deal with it as long as I keep my head straight and I keep my head forward and I reach out, like you said, reach out to these people that I've, that I've, you know, developed this community with and this strength from all these years, you know? Absolutely. And, and one of the great things is we can feel like shit and be okay with it. You know, I mean, (laughs) getting, getting loaded was trying not to feel pain, not, you know, make yourself as comfortable as possible all the time. And, um, you know, uh, thanks to this program, I've learned that it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to feel pain. It's fine. It's going to pass. I'm going to walk through. It's not going to last forever. It's not going to cripple me and ruin my life. I'll feel like shit for a couple hours. And and then, yeah, then I'll talk to somebody and they'll make me laugh and I'll feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of like playing the tape forward. I do a lot of that. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I did it, it during this and it, it, it helped. I mean, I, I can't, I was like, how could this get any worse? I remember there was like a point where I found out that, you know, obviously he was having relations with someone else. And then I found out who that person was. And the only way that could have been worse is if I drunk dialed somebody after finding that out. <laughs> right, right. I yeah. was like, yeah, something, I would have done something stupid. And I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. Well, and, yeah. uh, and the other thing that we were taught is, uh, 
bad moments versus bad days. And that's mm-hmm. something we were taught early, early on. And it, and it completely, and I'm, and I'm joking, it completely changed my entire perspective on life and shitty things is that, you know, whatever it is, it's a moment. It could be a, a hundred bad moments in a string in a day, but there is nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, that can ruin my entire day. There's going to be some positive to it. I just need to find it, you know, so... Yeah. Breaking it down to this is this is a bunch of fucked up moments today, but what about this and this? It's like okay, there's there's no bad days. I don't believe in them. And we were first time we heard that it was at a meeting, and we were like, God, what what do we figure, Mike? Thirty days, sixty days sober when we Something heard like that? that, right? Yeah, then, then some fucking dudes up there going, I don't have bad days anymore. We're like. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> he's like, but then, but then he explained himself. He goes, I had bad moments and explained it that way. And it's like, oh, but I'll tell you what, these little things, these little nuggets of information that, that all these people gave us, like Mike just said a minute ago, giving it away to keep it. This dude was telling us this stuff to help him, not us, you know, mm-hmm. he was doing it to help himself, you know, yeah. he goes, I, I got to give this stuff away. I got to gotta give all these little nuggets of information away. And that's you know almost 13 years ago and not only did i not forget it we didn't forget it it's a huge part of our lives you know right yeah i will find some i will find yeah bad moments all through the day but there were good moments too and i got to make sure that i'm looking for those because it's not not my nature my nature is to focus (laughs) on the negative yeah And, and and i had to change that it was i had to work start working that muscle to look for the good things and yeah, I'm a little bit better at it now because I'm working that muscle and that muscle is stronger. So I can see good things easier than I could 13 years ago. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also helpful. Um, I've always sort of had like a sense of humor about stuff. And so a lot of the negative mm. stuff, I will like, like I will literally still like walk around my house and be like, oh my fucking God, where did my husband go? Like, what the fuck? And I'll say it to like the dogs. I'll be like, where the fuck did your dad go? Like, Mm. and it's like, you know, or or days where I'm like, is this really my life? Like something ridiculous will happen. Like, I don't know, a mirror will fall off the wall and smash. And I'm like, really? Like, really though? Haven't I been through enough? Like, but I think if you can find some humor in it and realize, no, this isn't all just happening to me. Right. Right. Well, yeah, the mirror didn't fall on you. It, it just fell in the house. It, it didn't slice your neck open. It, you know, it could have been worse. Could have been worse. And even honestly, like even my situation now, like I, I really somehow was managed to be like, I am so lucky. I have like financial freedom. I don't, you know, how many women in my situation would be like, how am I going to like pay the rent? Right. Like right. I have that. I have family that's like super supportive it's not my nuclear family but i have yeah. people right and so right. yeah i i really i i think it's so important is to like find the like little pieces of like mm-hmm. of positive but yeah i i remember doing that i like could do like one thing a day and i like when i got back and i to pennsylvania and i fixed my grill And it was like something he would, he refused to do it. He refused to put this, like, there was like a new hose that had to go from like the gas to like the burner or something. And I was like, I'm going to do this today. And that's all I'm going to do. And then I'm going to cry for the rest of the day. But I got up, I got out there. I put that hose on the grill. It it worked. I felt really good. And then I got back 
into bed and like watched Ozark for like 10 hours. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's, that sounds like a pretty damn good day. I love Ozark. <laughs> 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 I like fix the grill so I can make a steak later and I'm going to watch me some Ozark. <laughs> I'm vegetarian. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, okay. So cook it. You know what? Grilled vegetables and uh, my, uh, our sister, Kathy, her, um, her ex-husband used to make um, years ago, used to make these uh, just this big thing pull out tinfoil and just whatever vegetables they had in the house. You just cut them all up, season them up and, and grill them like that. Ridiculously good. Now, yes, he would it's make some really meat along with it, but these grilled vegetables, <laughs> they were awesome. <laughs> I'm probably the only vegetarian that grills all the time. Yeah. I mean, like, why not? I, right. Yeah, I just love it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> just because you're vegetarian and it's not like it, they don't make stuff that you can throw on a grill. Right. No, it's true. Don't know. I don't eat vegetables and I don't grill. So there you go. <laughs> so, um, so Sony, I think that, uh, and I'm just looking at time here real quick. I, I, I think you've kind of got your, your backstory out to, to a point. It sounded like you were going to lead into, you know, what, what you're doing now and building with your business. Am I right on that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we um, just take a, take our, just quick break now, just be a two minute break and then we'll get back and uh, start to talk about what you're doing now and uh, what you're building. Okay. Great. Thank you, Mike. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. Listen to this wonderful message and we'll be back in two and two. Hey everyone, it's your friends at Sober Not Mature. Hi and, there. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, it's it's both of your friends this time. Hi Mike, how are you? I'm well. How are you, Bill? I am doing well. <laughs> but we do we do have a purpose. Uh, we we actually <laughs> usually talk about uh, our one website, but we actually have two websites now. So two. We two websites in one <laughs> all right so so everyone knows we still have the podcast website that is www.sobernotmature.com uh-huh. and we just launched the store website so uh, we also have that do you know what the website address is on that one mike of course i don't <laughs> it's pretty easy mike it's www.sobernotmatureshop.com ah. so <laughs> but from the, the the podcast website, you can still hit the store link and get into the uh, into the web store, or you right. can access it from our Instagram page through the highlights. Uh, we've been posting quite a bit of, about it, and we'll continue to do that. But mm-hmm. do you know what's on the second website, Mike? Um, it, well, there's a store. There are products that you can purchase for you <laughs> and your loved ones. <laughs> well, Mike, do we do we still have merchandise? <laughs> we have merchandise. Well, we got T-shirts and coffee mugs and all kinds of crap. <laughs> and one of the one of the coolest parts we also do have. <laughs> All the recovery books from Hazelden, which is kind of a big deal. That um, is a least, big deal. Yeah, at least for us. So all the books that we read, God grant me 24 hours, the big book, the 12 and 12, um, all of those books are available for sale on our website. And they once are. again, that, that store website is www.sober. <laughs> trying to help, man. <laughs> I know you are. You're not helping, though. Okay, now i got to say www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Dot so, com. Dot com. Visit that today or visit the, the podcast website, which is, again, you know the podcast website, so. Uh, com. <laughs> Did you just say Sobermanotmature? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah, like fucking mush mouth or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, everyone, you've suffered enough with this, and uh, we'll get back to what we were talking about previously. So visit the websites, though. All right, welcome back, everyone. <laughs> after that, after that, what did you say? Wonderful message? I don't even remember what you said. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's funny that uh, it's so you have the time that I listen to all of our episodes. Mike, Mike listens to some, you know, but I listen mm-hmm. to all of them. And it's, it's funny, um, nine times out of 10, and uh, let's say just 10 out of 10 times, there's going to be either quite a few points in the episode or at least a small portion. I'm like, I don't even remember saying that. Or I don't remember when Sonia said that. I don't remember when Mike talked right. about that. I'm I'm sitting right. Well, you here. just asked me what I said, and I have no idea. And I just said it two fucking seconds ago. I know, and and I don't know what you said either. So I'll listen back. Nice. I'm like, oh yeah, well, yeah figure it uh, out. I was I the podcast I did a, a couple of months or weeks ago just came out, and um, I sent it to my sister in law. And um, she's like, you know, you're so honest and, you're, you know, about your story. And I'm like, I know, but can you imagine if I brought up, like, my childhood trauma? And she's like, you did. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> she's like, you literally said the word childhood trauma. I was like, oh, my God. I need to listen mm. to that. I was like, why did I say that? And now, look, I've done it again. I did it again. There it is. Right. Well, and, and, you know, the, the thing of it is, is that uh, um, I, I don't know. I think that's that's part of a, at least in my opinion, I, don't, I know it sounds weird, but it's kind of part of a good conversation because you're, you know, we sit there, we talk about so many different things. It's not like you're, if usually I can remember every sentence of a really bad conversation because it's <laughs> killing me with every word. <laughs> but with these, it's just like, oh, that was fun. Let's go on to the next one. I love that part. Let's go on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> but um but anyhow so you were talking about obviously where where you got to the point where um obviously you're sober now and just a, a couple of quick questions i i had maybe even i don't questions or points but so first of all when when you got sober you literally had the the idea you were cognizant enough to say i've got a problem i need to take care of that and you quit <laughs> oh yeah i knew i had a problem for a while yeah but then yeah, you quit we usually do <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, is, no, I... which is that's I, I, I no I had to ask you that question because Mike and I talked openly about that both of us had our issues for years and years and right you know had had cognizant moments maybe but never said you know kind of like yeah yeah it's, I'll fix it tomorrow you know that sort yeah. of thing yeah but, I think that the impetus though was that was selling that the business if that hadn't happened I don't know like if I hadn't had like a major like situational change Right. Like, I don't know if I would have, if I was still working really hard and playing really hard, I don't know. Like, I probably would have continued doing that. Like, if I was still working that many hours, I probably would. Well, w- one way or the other, I, I think that's, I think that's wonderful. And I think, I just, I think that's awesome. And then, so the only thing that we haven't talked about yet, and if you want to share it, um, I don't know, uh, and I, we don't know how long you've been sober. Do you want to share how, what your sobriety yeah. date is or how long you've been sober? Yeah, my sobriety date is April eighth, two thousand seventeen. Okay, perfect. Oh, so, April. Hey, ours. Uh, my, hey, mine's it's April eighteenth. Get sober. Yeah, yeah. apparently. <laughs> my, mine's April eighteenth. Uh, Mike is April twenty second. Who did we talk to? Um, Ashley was April, wasn't she? Yeah, I believe so. Yes, yeah, so it's just uh, Ashley. We had from Sober Girl podcast. Uh, we got together and did a collaborative episode a few few weeks ago or whatever it was so yeah i think she's april too so awesome yeah so that's uh well that's cool so you're coming up on six years then yeah yeah nice. congratulations congratulations yeah i think i was i was like coming up on i was a little over five when when this all happened yeah 
Okay. And I, I knew you had said that. I just didn't know. I didn't know even that was, that was going to be my next question. So you just answered that, but obviously with the dates, but so it's been about a year since that, since that falling apart thing happened. Yeah. It's been about a year and then probably five. So that like, yeah, we're talking like late winter, early spring. And so probably until the summer I was like, barely functioning like I, I just mm-hmm. could not believe this was happening and so I was going back and forth to Toronto to see my family and like thought okay I just I need to like start living my life so came back to I live in the middle of the woods and I was like oh this is a little this is a little isolating I don't know so <laughs> my, I, I was like I need to take a trip I need to do something and so my sister-in-law was like you you need to take a trip like you need like an eat pray love you need to do something because this is, it's happening. Like you need to like, just accept that it's happening and like start <laughs> to figure out what your life is going to be like. And so um, I went to Costa Rica. And so I got there, I was like miserable getting like, you know what I mean? Like, just like on the flight, like what the fuck? <laughs> like, am I doing? <laughs> where's my husband? Like I hadn't been on a trip by myself in almost 20 years. And so mm-hmm. I, got there and the first night was just crazy like just could not believe I was there eating dinner by myself and um and that I think I slept like 12 hours and I hadn't been sleeping for months and so it was really great I woke up and I felt like something had shifted a, a little bit like something had shifted and I was in like this sort of rainforest area and I remember waking up and looking out and thinking there is life out there like this is gonna it's gonna happen and so yeah, a couple of days into the trip, I just started thinking, like, what did you need? Like, what was it? What could have gotten us here faster? Or what do you even still need? And I thought, I need people who don't drink. I need a group of people. They don't have to be demographically similar. But I need a group of people who understand how difficult it is to have a major life transition and stay sober through it. And they can be sober for like, like two weeks, 20 weeks, you know, 20 years, but I need that sort of dynamic. And so I started mapping it out on this trip and I basically drew a big circle and like wrote like sober in the middle, right? Like if that's like sort of the commonality and I just like drew out these spokes and I thought, what are the different like shitty things that have happened to you that would have been nice to have a group of people that understood it? And I thought, well, I've struggled with self-esteem and like imposter syndrome and self-confidence. So that could be a group. Um, I definitely struggled with job burnout. That could be a group. And now I'm struggling with a relationship. And so we'll break up a relationship, life transition. So that could be a group and just kept going and going. And I thought this is really, this is interesting. Like this, there might be something here. And so I, um, I'd been angel investing a little bit, um, leading up to that. So the only thing I knew how to do is make a pitch deck. And so I thought, let me just make a pitch deck to organize my thoughts. Like, what, what are you really thinking? Like, are you thinking of a business? Are you thinking of like a, a group, you know, in Pennsylvania? And so I started making the pitch deck and I thought, okay. And I was like, it was, you know, excruciating. I did like one slide a day and then um, <laughs> finally like finished the pitch deck and like showed it to a couple of like friends and they're like, this is really something. And so I thought, you know, I hadn't started and run and built a business on my own. I'd only ever done it with my husband. And so I think there was this level of like wondering if I was, if I could do it by myself, like if I was, was he the special sauce or where was I okay on my own? And so 
I did something that I know he would have would have burned him. And I joined a business accelerator <laughs> in New York. And I know that he would have just like, why do you need to do that? Right. And so, um, and it was amazing. So it's like, you get a lot of support um, for developing your idea. And so the idea really went from when I entered the accelerator, we literally went from an idea to launching. And so the best part was part of the process of the accelerator is you have to interview as many potential customers as possible clients. And so I interviewed like hundreds of alcoholics that were in recovery and it was amazing. And, it, and, and I was interviewing people and it was interesting, even people in AA, I was like, well, what would your ideal meeting be? Like if you could pick a meeting and they were, this guy was like, you know what? My, my ideal meeting happened during COVID. We like eight to 10 of us, we sat outside in some guy's backyard and just talked about what was going on in our lives. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, okay. And then I, you know, interviewed different people that thought like, you know, didn't resonate with AA for one reason or another. A couple of people thinking, you know, they wanted feedback too. Like they weren't, they wanted the crosstalk. And so I thought, okay, maybe I have something here. And so, yeah, I just kept going and, and finally realized, okay, I definitely have something here. I started taking signups uh, probably like around Thanksgiving, just like gauge interest. And it, like, if this existed, would you sign up type thing? And <laughs> got like hundreds of signups. And I thought, wow. So I went home for Christmas and started thinking, okay, like, let's launch this. Like when I, when I get back. And so I did. And uh, yeah, it's been amazing. Like, it's just been, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like it, I, I get emotional even like thinking about, it. I got an email today from someone, my favorite meeting is like a before like the zero to 90 days meeting. Mm -hmm. And so, cause I think that's like a, that's a hell all of its own. It deserves its <laughs> own. <laughs> and so um, that one is just, it's like I'm watching a miracle. Like it is, it is so emotional to watch. And I got, I'm going to read this to you. I got this email today. I want to take time to thank you from the bottom of my heart for creating this group. Last night, I felt so heard and understood. And today woke up feeling empowered to make this change in my life. What? That's awesome. That's yeah. Like that that's it. Like I'm done. Like I, I can die happy now. Like, <laughs> I, I thought yeah. that it's like oh my oh my god. Like I I never made this type of impact running like a much larger, more successful business. Like there's no, not once, right? That I feel what I felt like today or a couple of weeks ago someone said they prayed for the meeting. They prayed that they would find a group that that understood them and then she actually came back the next week and said, I was going to drink tonight if we didn't have this meeting. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so I thought like, this is it like this. Okay. We have it. Like, and then, yeah, lately I've just been like refining, you know, my format. I want to give, I don't like, I, I understand like different groups where they're like, they have a curriculum and then they have like book clubs and they have like different forums. But I just, I just want to do like the best meeting humanly possible. Like that's the only goal is I want to give them like everything I can in these meetings. And so I think it's working. And so, yeah, I'm vulnerable and I want people to just talk until like their throat hurts, like mm -hmm. get it, <laughs> like save your life, you know? And so, right. Yeah. Open up, realize good. you're not alone and realize that you don't have the answers. And once you get there, it's all open. And I also think too, um, 
because the groups are small, I feel like I don't want to use the word control, but like, like I don't have to give them rules. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like right. where I feel like I'm, a lot of these other um, like non, non 12 step, but there's like, here are the 30 rules before we start this meeting. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I don't like, I'm like, you know what guys, like, I'm not going to do, we're not going to do any rules. We're not going to do like the zoom hand, but if it descends into chaos, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, sure. but I kind of like, I feel like that way, you know, a lot of times they'll say, um, if you've been using today, don't use your voice. Right. And I don't know. I don't know. Like I kind of, I, I'm pretty sure someone was using and I let them use their voice. And I think it was like, and I, but I'm there, right? Like if there's a problem, I can cut them mm -hmm. off, but this person needs to get something out. They need to get something out. Right. And so, yeah, I like the kind of small group, um, model. I think it's working. So definitely. So how many people do you have in, in each group? I mean, let's kind of, you know, I don't know if you want to just talk about that. I mean, or let's say how many groups do you, different groups do you have? What's the average group size? Maybe just so a little we, bit more about that. Yeah. The average group size is about 10. Um, usually it's mm. like between eight and 10. I would go up to 12, I think, because people do show up not ready to talk right my vision was that everyone would talk at each meeting mm -hmm. but that's not realistic and people have right. bad days and they're not you know interested in talking and so yeah i mean the we have first 90 days we have a group for people struggling with self-esteem um i'm gonna start a healthcare providers group because i was a healthcare provider and so i think there's mm. like specific challenges especially around privacy with right. healthcare providers, like where they don't want to seek treatment because they don't, you know, they don't want to get in trouble with like, you know, oh, were you drinking at work or, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's, right. it's a tough, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, yeah, there's lots of doctors and nurses that, well, they've got, you know, pretty good access to drugs. So um, <laughs> it's easy for yeah. them. Yeah. Right. And they have access to trauma, right? Like mm -hmm. they are dealing sure. with with like the especially the last few years i think they have seen stuff that we can't even imagine so yeah so there's that uh life transition i am a member of the life transition group i'm the found <laughs> i'm the, what is it i'm the president and and the client yeah. <laughs> yeah. right yeah i'm even in a club hair, hair club for men that's what it was guys right. where did i come up with that yeah. Spurling. Yeah. yeah <laughs> i forgot the dude's name yeah i'm also yeah. a client <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's been going great. And I just, my like hope is that the bigger we get, like it's it's one of those things where the bigger it is, I actually think the better it is because we can get more niche with the meetings. And so mm -hmm. when, when I was interviewing people, I met like multiple sober witches, like multiple. <laughs> and, a, and like a Satan worshiper guy that was going uh -huh. to AA meetings. Right. And I was thinking like, there there's a group for you. Like, I really thought, mm -hmm. like, you know what, you deserve a group too. And so I really think that the more people we get in the, and yeah, the more we can find out about people and like, what are you really struggling with? What do you, who, what type of people do you want to be around? Do you not like, is it worth it for someone who is super religious or super, you know, believes in God and like a specific God, is it worth it for them to be in a group with 15 atheists right right or 10 atheists mm -hmm. and so i think i'm just going to figure that out over time i think that 
yeah, that's why I just, I hope that we get bigger and bigger so that we can kind of give people a more unique kind of experience, like a more curated experience. Sure. Well, and you know, the, the thing with it is too, is that uh, when you mentioned the smaller group sort of thing is there was, um, the group I went to, the club I went to in Mequon, and Mike, you were you were there at that club, the mm-hmm. one meeting, you know. Right. So we we would do um, it'd be the whatever whatever meeting it was. It was always a topic or a reading or somebody would do. I don't want to say a lead, but a discussion on something, and then you'd break up into groups. And usually it was depending on the size of the little rooms around. It might be you know, four or five people in a room, or it could be up to 10. There was a bigger room, like in the basement where they used to have like a first step meeting, um, the opportunity at least to have a first step meeting. But, you know, quite honestly, it was kind of cool because that's the first time that I'd ever been in, it was, it's, they were AA, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, is that first time I'd ever been to a meeting like that where they broke up into groups, which I thought was kind of cool yeah. because it did it, it broke it down. And then, you know, somebody had something to say, or if you can go, I'm going to go listen to this guy talk. You know, and I'm going to go sit over here in this group. Yeah, I think it was nice. Uh, and basically that that's kind of what you're doing is you're you're giving people, you know, seven different doors. Which door do you want to go in today? There's going to be people that, you know, everyone's, you know, in has the same overall, you know, sobriety type of thing going on. But then you get to slice it up into little pieces and figure out this this piece fits better for that person. I mean, at least that's what it sounds like. Right. That you're doing. Yeah. And. And it's not a pathway, right? It's not a pathway to recovery. So you can be in AA and still want to do a couple of Everbloom meetings, right? Sure. So it's mm-hmm. not like, it's not excluding like an actual, like working a program too. And so, yeah, I think what it gives you is it just gives you sort of a smaller group of people that are really going through the same thing. And so I kind of like, yeah, I would even encourage people to have like, you know, a pathway or even like you know there's like medical pathways now and so nothing is really excluded from what I think but I agree with you yeah I think when you kind of like slice it down and also I mean if you take someone like I'm really introverted normally and anything more than 10 people I don't know if I'm gonna be comfortable to me it feels like a speech right like I (laughs) say something more than that and and so I think that there's something about like it may not be for everyone. Like maybe there are people that want to vent in front of like, you know, 200 people on a Zoom screen and that gives them what they need. Um, but it's for like that, those people that need that kind of like deeper connection and conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, and there was, uh, and Mike, how many times did we hear um, a lot of the old timers talk about that uh, they were, and again, air quotes, accused of hiding out in meetings for, you know, <laughs> months or, or years right you know so right. you know and we heard that quite a bit that I, i'm sure there's a lot of people that you know would want to just sit and and not talk whether it's a big group or small group they just want to you know they, i heard in plenty of meetings that i've been to over the years that you know i'm just going to sit and listen or i'm just going to sit yeah. i want to take on other people's advice or you know mm-hmm. i want to i want to hear what other people have to say i'm gonna whatever they want to say they want to be a sponge that day you know um, but I, I agree. I mean, a, a smaller group like that, it, it does, it gives, again, it gives people more opportunity if they want it, you know, to talk and open up and actually sit there and speak about, but if nothing else, listen to exactly what they're going through. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's a difference yeah. between like active recovery and a passive recovery to me. Like, I don't think you always need that, but I think that, you know, like you're saying, you know, you listen to a podcast, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like that when I was going to these huge meetings, it was kind of similar to listening to people tell their stories on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, yeah, a small group and, and you can, you can get down to your specific problem of, of the day of the minute mm -hmm. of the moment. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, yeah, everything changes, you know, I, I, I understand that. Right. I mean, my biggest problem is I'm a selfish, self-centered asshole who <laughs> medicated himself <laughs> with drugs and alcohol. Um, and I don't. So now I'm just a selfish, self-centered asshole who doesn't get all <laughs> fucked up. Um, <laughs> but I'm still an asshole, but less, less. I have found that I've been taught that if I do things for other people, and I still don't know how this works, but if I do things for other people, my life gets better. I don't fucking understand it, but it seems to work. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. I, we used to be told that all the time. Our, uh, the sponsor that uh, Mike and I shared a sponsor for uh, about a year, um, mm -hmm. still my sponsor, but I mean, again, but the, uh, he used to call it, uh, and actually you know, people in this group and uh, his, his sponsor used to call it AA math. You know, you, you just keep giving and giving and giving you to get more in return and nothing adds up, you know, and it is, it, it's cool. Yeah. But I mean, so everything that you're doing right now, the same as that guy telling us about, you know, bad moments versus bad days, what you're doing now, I mean, you're, you're helping yourself. Clearly you just said, you know, you're also a client yeah. <laughs> in, the one, in the one meeting, but putting all those different things you're doing, you're helping yourself, but I mean, you're, you're trying to help other people, but helping yourself along the way, which Mike said that, I don't know how many times when it comes to, to this podcast, you know, mm -hmm. um, the, some of the feedback that we get, it's, we don't get, we don't get a ton of messages. We don't get a ton of emails, but I'll tell you the ones that we do, they're really fucking cool because the people that I would rather have, I'm a, I'm a quality versus uh, quantity person. Anyhow, um, I'd rather have a very short amount of time with those that I care about and love than, you know, see them every day of the week and have it be just whatever. So that's kind of like the, our, our followers and our listeners and our community of people, when somebody reaches out, um, they, they usually dig deep into their heart and it's just like, Oh my God, <laughs> it's just, Holy it's just, shit. We've done something. I know. And, and you know what, yeah. if, again, if you've listened to us, I mean, we, I'm not saying that we're not, we're serious about our recovery, but we're not on here every single, every single week going and And, and we joke about it every once in a while. Cause if you've been on another podcast and, and I laugh about it because it's usually the, the women and, and I commend them for doing it being so freaking positive, you know, we're rooting for you and come on and we love every one of you. And I'm just half the time, Mike and I are like, fuck this person, this thing happened to me, all these different things. I mean, we're not talking about, we're not talking down on people. We would help anyone. Um, but I mean, the difference in that, and I'm like, how is that, how are we helping anyone? So that's why it means so much because sometimes you're like, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I mean, mean, it's you, cool. Yeah, I think that too. Like yesterday we had, um, and I think it's interesting, you get into more interesting conversations. We had a conversation about, are there like, actually just kind of what Mike was saying, like, are there two versions of you, right? Like, are there, mm. is there the drunk version and the sober version? And, or is it just, are you fundamentally one person? And, mm. you know, that you have slightly, you're able to express yourself differently in different states. But um, one, it's like, it's, it's hard to get into a conversation like that in a, a bigger group. I mean, that's a pretty deep one. And, um, mm -hmm. and two, I, and it made me think too. I was like, was I a different I don't know. I don't, you know, it's like an interesting thought, but yeah, I really like that about, about having that kind of like format. Yeah. And so, um, 
where can I mean, where did you I, I was going to say where did you find all these folks i guess that was my first question so let me let me start there so you said you interviewed all these individuals to begin with and then got a bunch of signups where did yeah. you go to begin with to just reach out to these all these folks that you thought would be great to interview um mostly social media so okay. i would find people that were posting about sobriety a lot and i would message them and say hey i'm thinking about starting um, and I wouldn't go into too much detail because I don't want to like bias them. Uh, like I'm thinking about starting some sort of like recovery meeting a little bit different than what's out there. And then, um, I mean, you know, like recovery people are like, yeah, I'll help you. I'll help you. And mm -hmm. so like, I, yeah, I, I phrased it like, can you help me figure out if this is something, if it's a need um, right. in the community? And so, yeah, people were great. And yeah, they were just like open and willing to share everything about, you know, about what they were looking for. And like, it was interesting. And that's, uh, you know, the, the thing of it is, is that, I mean, social media, quite honestly, de well, depending on how you use it, I think is a, it, well, it can be a galactic waste of time. Um, mm -hmm. I used to waste a ton of time on Facebook and I, I spend a lot of time on Instagram now, you know, but I, I do have a purpose. I mean, we're, we're trying to do a lot of, a lot of different things, but there are still times when I'm like, I, I'm like, I guess I could get off of here for a minute, you know? Um, <laughs> But the other thing, though, is that uh, it it blew my mind um, how many how many sober people um, and, and like good solid people. And I mean, Mike, how many how many complaints? I guess if you want to call it complaints, we've gotten we've gotten very little with as as shitty as we can talk. And as <laughs> and as I mean, it, I was going to say unbiased. God, that's the opposite. As biased as we can be, mm -hmm. and it's just straightforward. It's like fuck it if people want to do this that this we get very few complaints but um it, it shocked me you know but the the people that have complained they just make me laugh you know because i'm who like complains? Really? Every, who complains what they every, say every once in a while we'll get these um and it's usually not the podcast because i don't think somebody who really wants to bitch about us isn't going to take a they're not going to take an hour and a half out of their day or an hour out of their day to listen to figure it out. They're just going to look at random posts, which quite honestly, majority of it is me and it's my fault. And I'll take full responsibility <laughs> for it. But then, I'm, but then, I'm, but then on top of it, I'm like, fuck you. If you don't like it, go someplace else. But I don't say that because um, we, and I, I even hate to say this, we need Instagram. We need Facebook. Um, you know, and we, we need those to do what we're trying to do. And I, that, that's part of that, again, that control thing that I have. I don't want to have, I don't want to deed these things, but I know we do, you know, but every once in a while, people are just like, what you just said, that was just, that wasn't even motivational. I can't believe you laughed at me or whatever. And I think, I'm thinking they're laughing at some meme that I posted, you know, or I'll post something and somebody said, oh, so you're shaming people with a lisp. I was, I was a, a Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. And he said it was just it was the Nike swish, the just do it, but you know, with a lisp. I had two people literally in a row come basically tell me I was I was, you know, shaming people with a lisp. So I just deleted the post because I'm like, again, in my head, I'm like, fuck you if you can't take a joke. Mike Tyson makes fun of himself. Why can't I? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but then, you know, I, again, there's there's people I know that don't agree with our with our philosophy. We're we're straight up AA people. Yeah, and we were we were born we were born that way and grown up that well. Mike Mike had other other dealings in in California prior to to this, but um, and it you did, know, for, I didn't stay sober, <laughs> right? You know, but for the for the thirteen years that and he and I are were four days apart in our sobriety for the exact amount of time, exact places, exact framework, 
you know, I mean, we're eight people, but if, if you want to do something else and somebody else wants to do something else, I don't give a fuck. You know, yeah. what do you say? What do you say, Mike, all the time? It's not about what they do, but you talk about being a good person, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, all the time act as if is a huge thing for me. I mean, my thoughts are still all kinds of fucked up. You know, I have all incredibly awful thoughts in my head, but I don't act that way anymore. <laughs> and that's the thing. Again, working that muscle, working that muscle, being a good person, smiling at yeah. someone when I don't want to, holding a door for someone when I don't want to, you know, doing the next right thing when I, if yeah. I don't want to, it doesn't matter what I want. It matters what is right today and that's that's all that matters again my thoughts are fucked up but my actions aren't today and that's 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 a huge part of why i stay sober you know and and a fucked up action is to pick up a drink or a drug today because it's yeah. not yes it will make me feel good you know um a friend of mine in his lead says you know my biggest problem is i will scar you for life so i can feel good for 20 minutes that's a fucked up way to live, man. That is right? a fucked up way to live. And and it was it, it was absolutely true for me. I will hurt you. I will I will make you suffer so I can feel good for 20 minutes. No, that's wrong. No, it's just not yeah. yeah. So I don't today. <laughs> and and Mike always says too when we when we've talked to two different people and you know talked about different groups because quite honestly before I started listening to podcasts and this was like a year and a few months ago I had no idea what gray area drinking was I didn't know what sober curious was I didn't know yes. what um there's a couple other ones you know that out there I, whatever those terms were I'm like what are these things <laughs> I think nothing, that that that's been one of the it. most interesting. Yeah, it's been one of the more interesting things for me to learn. I went, I became a recovery coach in the summer. And yeah, the idea that like the harm reduction idea, because I'm yeah, so yeah. hardcore, like I am hardcore abstinence, right? And so mm -hmm. like I'm a gold star, like never, like gold star alcoholic. I've never had one drink ever. Right. And so... Um, yeah, no, that is a thing. It's something I'm trying to like, um, navigate too with the groups, like having maybe a separate sober curious group, because I don't want to, I don't want to be in a group where someone's like, well, last night I had two glasses of wine and then, you know, today I think I'm not going to have any. And then tomorrow I think I'm going to this, you know, a dinner and I'll have one. And I, that's not right. Like, I don't need to be right. in that group. Yeah, well, yeah, I I don't understand that. Right. <laughs> right. I appreciate I, it. I don't understand I, it. But I appreciate it. I I don't even appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm drinking, I'm putting down half a handle of vodka. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. drinking no, until no, no. I pass out. I mean, I appreciate their restraint, but I think oh, that yeah, well, I don't understand it though. I don't. I, I don't have it. it. Right. I don't have it either. Yeah, but I think right. it is interesting that that that's become like so prevalent now. The idea mm -hmm. of like, yeah, I want to cut down, but I do think that that is a very that that should be a separate sort of conversation because I don't, they, you know, they can't go to AA, right? Right, right? So they have to go somewhere. But yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting one. Well, and you know, there there are people out there that uh, alcohol free was the other one that I that I was thinking of. And there's a, and it is just literally yesterday it, it came up and uh, 
um, there's there's an individual and I and I've never named this person openly and I have no plans to do it because I know this individual is doing a lot of good work. I know for a fact um, that this person is doing great work for a lot of people, but uh, usually once about every well, it's usually every three, four months because this is a probably third time that I brought it up. <laughs> um, this individual wants to get word of the, rid of the word alcoholic. And, and I, the only reason I follow the person anymore is just, and it's, this is stupid. I follow this person because I, it pisses me off. <laughs> and I'm like, I just, sometimes I just wait. I'm like, what stupid thing are you going to say next? But I don't yeah. respond to anything ever except for the, the alcoholic thing. And the, the, the conversation is always about, you know, it's time for us to make a change. It's time for us to, to rid the world of the world alcoholic who's with me type of thing. And every time I respond the same way, I'm like, cool. You know, I said, here's the deal. I said, I've responded a few times and I you know, say the same thing again. Um, if people want to, uh, I don't know, make up new words, expand their vocabulary, um, you know, choose different paths to be sober. I don't care. Do what you got to do, man. But here's the thing. I'm an alcoholic and don't try to take away my word. And there's no reason in the world to, to try to take away a word that means something literally to millions of people. It is how I identify. It's, it's the backbone of, I, I need to know what I am in order for me to know what to do about it. You know? Um, but that's yeah. me. You know, I, I want the word. I don't care if somebody else calls themselves sober, curious, alcohol free, um, I, I don't care. I have no, I don't care one way or the other, what people call themselves. And that's what, uh, that's what Mike always says too. He's like, you know, if you're, if you're out there, do whatever you got to do to stay sober and you're not hurting any people. Cool. He says, if you're mm -hmm. out there hurting people, he said, then I got a problem with it. <laughs> right. So that's yeah. what he, he says that all the time. You know, he just, yeah, just be a better I, person. I try to keep it. I try to keep it really simple. You know, if, if something is making you a better person and making you, make your corner of the world a better place. I'm all for it. I don't care what you call it. I don't care what it is. If something is making you a, a worse person, making you and, and fucking up the world around you, I am against it 100%. I don't care if it's religion. I don't care if it's politics. I don't care what it is. If it's making you better, I'm for it. If it's making you worse, I'm against it. Yeah, I mean, I think I, yeah, identifying myself as an alcoholic is it's just super healthy for me. Like I need, right. yeah. I need it. I need it. And I remember being in like a recovery coaching class and they're like, Oh, we don't say relapse. We say return mm. to use now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I need it. Like, no, it's a, I'm not just, if I, if I relapse, like you're going to find me like in Vegas, like, mm. you know, two days later and like not knowing what's going on. And so it's like, no, that's a relapse. I'm not returning to use like that's, mm. you know, but it is interesting. I think that, I think you guys would be surprised that. So the people that do come to our meetings, they, a lot of them plan to drink again in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that I think is, is something I have to get used to and respect and say, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, I want to be able to go to a wedding and have a glass of wine. And mm -hmm. I have to be like, okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I would love it. Well, you know, the big book says, you know, the great obsession is, is to be able to drink like a normal person. 
Yes, I would love yeah. that. That would be fantastic. I would love to be able to get high. I'd like to be able to shoot heroin like a normal person, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a, and that's the other thing they say in the big book is you know if you're if you're not convinced um, that you're that you're an alcoholic, and you can even change the words. If somebody is not convinced that they have you know a true issue you know with, with alcohol, and they want to try to control their drinking, um, the easiest way to figure out what the problem is, is to try it, you know? And um, yes. if, if somebody goes out and they keep trying it and they're like, you know, it, again, I've used the example all the time. You know, if I hit my head against the wall, it's probably going to hurt, you know, and sooner or later I'm be like, well, I probably shouldn't do that anymore. You know, mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, unless I smash my head open one time because I hit it too hard, you know, but that's the problem, you know, but so I that. I think there is, yeah, there is a difference, right? Between people that identify as an alcoholic and don't. And there, and there may be a significant difference in the way they use too. I have a friend who was sober for a year and, you know, had a beer and was like, oh, I didn't like it. I was going to say, I don't know if I would like it, but I probably, and I probably, I'd, <laughs> I'd still drink it. Cause I'm like, even if it tastes the, okay, this, this new, this new alcohol that they have doesn't taste very good, but it's going to get me fucked up. So I think I'm going to drink it. <laughs> right. <laughs> this crack yeah. tastes like shit. I'm still <laughs> smoking it. <laughs> <laughs> But so, uh, Sonia, I mean, I know we, we've gotten a little bit off on a tangent, but I think a good one. But I, I want to get back on – I don't want you – I no, I, I'm thinking about your business. I don't want you to lose the opportunity of explaining to people. We've explained what – obviously what you do in your groups like that. But, um, again, maybe get, get the name out there where people can find you. Let's get that information at least out to people. And um, any information that you want for me to put in, like, a description, you can email that to me right, right when we're done, and I'll put that in, a, in the description, too. I just want people to be able to find you that are listening to this, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're pretty easy. Just join neverbloom.com, and then there's, you know, a ton of places to sign up and fill out a survey about yourself and, you know, try out a free meeting. I think it's, like, it takes the risk out of it by just like, just come and try it out. You know, like there's no pressure, no commitment, just try out a meeting and see if it works for you. And so, yeah, join everbloom.com. And you're, you're also on Instagram and uh, I will have you, if anyone yeah. is listening to this and, and follows us and in the promotions I've done all week, I've, I've, I've tagged you in each one of those. I'll do the same thing. You know, so people can find your your Instagram or find you through Instagram also. But like I said, I just I didn't want to I didn't want to take away from because I know you mentioned the company name way in the beginning. And I want to we, we always want to make sure because we've done that before. Right, Mike? I know that halfway we, mm -hmm. we were through the halfway through the episode, I think, with uh, Gio before we even mentioned the name of his book or Travis. One of the two were like, hey, let's talk about your because we were having such a great conversation. And it's like, hey, let's mention your book here because that's you want to sell some books, right? <laughs> yeah, the right. same thing. It's like, we want, we're promoting your company. Let's talk about your company for a minute. <laughs> I mean, I really just want to talk to you guys, but thank you. <laughs> no, I, you know, and there, there's, we, we look at this in a twofold purpose. I mean, it's, uh, we understand what people are wanting to do and, you know, we never try to, first of all, we never shy away from it. And, you know, I, I know I've said it openly. I probably said it to you in, in the emails and we went back and forth on, you know, tell us about your story, but um, yeah, we want you to be able to talk about what you're doing. And, you know, there's a point, you know, using whether it's social media or podcasts or anything that we're doing, you know, we're, we're all trying to get out there and do something. And the more people that, that know about it, the better it is for everyone. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I think I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice for me to be able to kind of get the point across that this was something I created something I needed. 
right. it wasn't like, yeah, it, it's something I didn't believe was out there. And so I really, yeah, I really made it almost for myself and I really hope it helps other people. I, I think it does. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think that that's, uh, God, I thought there was, there was somebody else that I was talking to at one point. I can't remember if it was someone we had talked to, but the same thing, I think some of the, some of the greatest, you know, ideas out there, whether it's recovery or otherwise, you know, filling, basically filling a void is what, is what you're doing is it's like, what, what wasn't there for me at the time that I needed it and what can I do to, to help, you know, to help fill that void, hopefully for other people. So, which is, which is great. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah, not a problem. And I wasn't trying to cut you off completely. I just wanted to get that in there because, because <laughs> now my follow-up question was what else do you want to talk about? Cause again, this is your time, but I just, I wanted to get your company information in there too. So so what else? What else you got going on? What's what's next in the business or what else do you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I am just like going to keep going. Like, I think that I just want to really get the meetings like to the point where people are feeling like they are comfortable talking, getting everyone, you know, sharing. And so, yeah, I've just been working on the format. We have, I do some one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean... I don't really have that much else to talk about unless you want to go through my divorce, but no, I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had two and Mike's had one. So I think we're, right. I think we're all, yeah. we're all skilled. Again, like I said in the yeah. beginning, we know how to fuck shit up. We, we're, we're interested in the solution. I oh, actually, this is something, this is something really interesting that came out of the divorce, um, which is I, I had to come to terms with the fact that the marriage fell apart because I got sober. Mm. And that's something I, I worry, what kind of message does that send to people who are thinking about getting sober, but you do change, right? And, sure. and if someone is not coming on that journey with you, I think that there will be some friction. And so that was a hard thing. I wrote a lot, like when I was trying to figure that out, when it hit me, mm -hmm. because all the things he said were things that happened when I got sober. And so- right. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't the same person that I was when I, we met. I was 23. I was like life of the party. And now, yeah, I'm an introvert. Oh, wow. And so I think, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's not uncommon. You know, we were talking about our uniqueness. And when you were telling me that in the beginning, you know, I mean, that is, that is absolutely not uncommon. When people get sober, quite often the relationship falls apart because you're a, you are. You're a different person. And, and a lot of times the other person for whatever reason, doesn't want to be around this new sober person, mm -hmm. this better person, you know, whether it's they had control before and now they don't, or they, you know, mm -hmm. just the, the things shift for whatever reason. And it's not uncommon for, for relationships to fall apart. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> we're not unique. We're not different. We aren't. Um, this, yeah. It, it happens to a lot of people and, and it's okay. You know, that's, <laughs> it's good for you too, because clearly um, that, that's, you know, the person that you were with was the person that you wanted to be with when you were fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all right. You know, that's all right. Um, your priorities have changed. And, and even if you didn't realize it in the beginning and maybe not even yet, you don't realize mm -hmm. that that's the case, you know, that this is not the person you need to be with anymore because you are a different person, a better person. So it's yeah, all right, it's, man. It's, 
that person <laughs> also, right? It's like, wait, you wanted to be with the fucked up person of me. Right. Too. Oh, so yeah. it's like, right. there's that. But I think that, yeah, it, it's just, I think that when I, it hit me was, um, I'm in a, I was in a writing group when this was going on and they said, uh, mm. why don't you write about how your drinking um, impacted your marriage? And I was like, mm-hmm. my drinking didn't impact my marriage. When I right. stopped drinking, it impacted my marriage. <laughs> that's when I was like, marriage was great before. <laughs> right. And that's, it's a tough thing though to accept. I feel like mm. it is. Sure. Like I'd worked so hard at it. I was so proud of being sober and then realizing mm-hmm. that this huge other unintended consequence of mm-hmm. getting sober. And and I did, I worried. I'm like, what does this say to people who get sober? Like your husband's going to leave? Like what does this mm-hmm. say? <laughs> you know, it ha- it, I, I really, I really think it happened for a reason. I, I hope sure. it's this, that I can help other people. Like I really, really have to make something positive out of it well that's that's the thing you know uh, we were told over and over again you know all that (laughs) all that shitty behavior that you had in your past is not worthless it's worthwhile if you use it to help somebody else get over their shitty behavior that's just it yeah 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 and it's just like it's just like anything else you know the the people and you know like the people that we followed you know the the path to get to where we are. Um, and there's people that, whether we know it or not, uh, you know, that have, that have followed the path that, that we've walked through, you know, and, and that's the thing I have, the reason that it's so easy for, to, to talk to, to somebody like, like you again, like we were talking about at the beginning, whether background, age, uh, race, um, color, anything like that is because both of those individuals have, have been in the same circumstance, you know. I don't know how to talk to somebody who is dealing with cancer. I don't have cancer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to how to deal with somebody who's got, you know, some some traumatic past because I didn't have that. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to sit in a in a in a recovery group talking about past trauma. It would go right over my head because I don't have it. Mike and I have talked about that. We don't have those trauma based things, you know. But there's for you too. There, but, there's, <laughs> but there's there's people out there that do. And we were on we were on two different podcasts where we were guests on the podcast. And that was a and I knew that that was a big part of their format. They would always talk about that. Everyone, every other episode that I had listened to, they asked the question. So I knew it was going to come up with Mike and I. They asked mm-hmm. both of us, and both of us were like, We have done. We just talked about it on one of our episodes. And both of the the hosts who are very cool, but they're like, Really? Like, no, you know, we can't, there, there's nothing that we can pinpoint it to, to say that this happened to me and this is why I drank. Mike, what's mm-hmm. your typical answer? Why did you drink? Because <laughs> I want to feel good all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's, these are these simple answers. But again, and it's, it, I'm, I'm grateful that I, that I didn't have to go through that, but I'll, I'll be honest with somebody. If somebody comes to me and like, I've got a trauma-based past, can you help me out? Can you talk to me? I'd be mm-hmm. like, I can talk to you about the recovery part. I have, I can't put myself, nor am I going to try. I think I would harm you by trying to help you, you know, cause mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know where you're coming from. I have no idea how to, how to put my arm around you mentally and say, here's what you do. Mm-hmm. I can't walk you out of those, out of that, that hole out of those woods. Cause I've never been there before, but somebody I else like- straight up alcoholic drug addict. Come here. I, I got this. Come here. <laughs> right. I mean, I sort of feel like the point, right. Of recovery, though, is forward looking, like, mm-hmm. Even if there's like past trauma, I feel like 
I I really like I like to focus on just like okay, so what are we gonna do? Like, what's the plan to get right. to the mm. next? Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, like I don't. I I wouldn't start a childhood trauma group. Like right. that's not. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean well, I could. Yeah, I mean the whole point of recovery is living in the moment. Am I being traumatized right now? No. Well, then <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes, awful things happened in the past. Um, and I mean, you know, traumas. Yeah, I didn't have the greatest childhood and blah, 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 blah. But none of that is happening right now. None of it. Right now, I'm no. sitting here having a wonderful conversation with you two people. That's what's happening right now. That's what I need to focus on. Ten minutes from now, I don't know what's going to happen. I might have a fucking heart attack and drop dead. I don't know. You know? <laughs> I'm not, and what, I'm not and cleaning what out your house. Ten, what's that? <laughs> I said, I'm not cleaning out your house. Just no, so you're know. not. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's right now, right here, live in the moment. You know, that was that's the whole thing about getting loaded. I was either living in the past or living in the future. I wasn't living in the moment. I was trying to, mm -hmm. to manufacture a moment. Nah, right now is the moment, and I'm living in it, and that's – it's easier. It really is easier. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, just I mean, not I don't see... the way I started. Yeah, I mean, it's if you not... say, like, hey, I have childhood trauma. How do I get sober? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, not by figuring that out right now. Like, Right, right, right. no, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can figure that out later. First of all, you got to get sober so you can think. Right. <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah. the same path. I feel like regardless of what brought you to it, I think the, mm -hmm. the path forward is just like a very, like, you're not going to drink today. Mm -hmm. You're not going to drink tomorrow. Mm -hmm. and, you're not going to drink today. You're not going to drink today. <laughs> right. And, so I, and then yeah. when tomorrow comes, it'll be today again. And so done. Yeah. Don't, don't drink today. today again. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, simple. Yeah, I don't, I mean, like, therapists don't get you sober, right? Like, I guess that's sort of what we're talking about. Like, it's right. what we're talking about, like, yeah, it's not, that is not the point of therapy is to, like, get you sober. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a, no. there's a lot of people that, like Mike just said, you know, get get sober first, and then you have the, you have to actually be able to think and have the mental capacity to, to, you know, if you need to dig a little bit deeper into whatever it is, you know, and that's why they always tell people that, uh, you know, the, I, both of us, we know a lot of sober, I mean, really bad sober assholes. We can both be assholes mm -hmm. ourselves, but we mm -hmm. know some severely a-hole-ish people that are sober because they never took care of, you know, alcohol is but a symptom. It's just the surface part. Right. Get rid of the booze and then you, then you start taking care of, you know, figuring out how to become a better person. Yep. You know, which... Again, if you got past stuff to deal with, then deal with it. But uh, yeah, like you said, I, I do like that that forward thinking because Mike and I are like that too. I mean, that's the the whole point of what, like you said, you know, we get a like, okay, this is where I came from, but what what am I doing now? You know, how can I how can I help people by showing them what we do now? You know. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the process is like nonlinear enough, right? Like it's like. <laughs> It's like with the divorce too. It's like, I have great days and I have bad days. Like I am not going to go back. Mm -hmm. Like it's all, I'm already like, yeah, it's already wavy. So yeah, mm -hmm. going backwards doesn't help at all. Yeah. No sense. In, no sense in creating false waves, right? <laughs> no sense. Well, all right. So what, what else? Anything that you want to wrap up with? I mean, I, I think we talked about a lot of great stuff. We got your company, company name and stuff out there. And um, I mean, I've got your, is that, is that good enough for me to put your Instagram tag on there? Or do you want me to shoot, do you, do you want to shoot me any other information in the email? If you want to, I'll put that in the, the description and 
Yeah, I mean, you, you have it. Like, you even want. your your Instagram descriptions are great. I was looking at them today. So, okay. yeah, you have like, all my info. Yeah, 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 for sure. It looks great. And okay. This was really yeah, fun. We talked about a lot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, again, you know, one of the things that we've had, we've had some people come on that they're a little bit nervous here and there, but it's just uh, our, our point of this and it's just to get on, have a conversation and, you know, kind of go from there. But, yes, I mean, we want to make sure that we, you know, have try to do some good, but also – you know, talk about what people want to talk about again with your business. That's why I wanted to get that out there too. So, but seriously, it's been uh, like, you're right. I mean, we talked about a lot. It's been, it's been fun. So now have you, um, and we'll get back to the beginning of this, speaking of swearing, have you listened to a full end of our episode or no? Oh, I don't know if I've listened to a full, <laughs> I don't know what full end means. <laughs> well, sure, like, yeah. like, well, you're you're about to find out. So it sounds okay, like okay, it okay, sounds okay. like the answer is no, because Mike Mike always closes out our episode. But first of all, Sonia, thank you, thank you very much. And so you know too, um, I'll put the I, I always put the episodes together on Friday night when we're done. Um, it should be live Eastern time, no later than like noon tomorrow. So the episode will be up and running. I'll I'll uh, basically I post on Instagram, so you'll see it. You'll get tagged down there, but. Uh, um, yeah, it's been it's been great. So we appreciate it. So yes, Mike is the one that leads us out. So we can you and I can sit back and he, uh, he leads <laughs> us out. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Sober Not Mature. We want to thank Sonia for coming on. It was a great conversation. And as always, be kind to each other. Be good to each other. Do something nice for somebody else this week. And as always, please, 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 please fuck off. Then keep fucking off. Keep fucking off until you get to a gate with a sign on it saying, you cannot fuck off past here. Climb over the gate. Dream the impossible dream. And keep fucking off forever. (laughs) So I'm guessing you haven't heard that before? (laughs) No, I have. I have. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. So it was the uh, first half of it. I heard the first half of it before. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, some people we have to kind of explain that, but uh, it is. It's just I don't know. It's it's fun. We have we have a lot of fun with that. But uh, that's how that's how we end every every episode. And I love it. Mike loves it. Uh, it was given to us by our sister. But uh, yeah, it's always a fitting end to our episode. I think. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. So seriously, Sonia, thank you very much. Um, Mike, I love you, brother. I will talk to I you, love you soon. Too. And uh, yeah, everyone have a great evening. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. To access all of our content and interact with us, please visit our website, SoberNotMature.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon.